Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Locke. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Matters. Brother, I'm really excited for today's topic because we're going to be discussing something you and I talk about really on a daily basis, and that is books. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. there is a pastor, there is a library of books not far off. However, I always question how many books the pastor has actually read, you know? Like, do you ever do you ever think about like when guys are taking pictures of their libraries? Like, how? Come on, guy, how many books did you actually read? Sit down and read. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, if you were to ask me that question, I would not answer you because um, <laughs> I, I too feel the the struggle of that. Uh, there really should be a, a survey though on that. But but I would say reading books, especially really good books, is vital to growing as a leader, as a pastor. Uh, as a husband, as a father, uh, and as as a, a believer, uh, w- would you agree with that statement? And if, and if so, why is reading so important? Yeah, uh, reading is indeed vital uh, to growing uh, in all the categories that you said, uh, and it is so important just simply because uh, we don't know everything. Uh, we don't know everything. Uh, from uh, just an informational standpoint, uh, we are not born uh, prepackaged <laughs> with with uh, with uh, unlimited knowledge or anything like that. No, we've got to learn as time goes by. And one of the best ways of learning is to listen to other people. Yeah. And uh, I don't have the ability or the time to listen in conversation with every single person, say audibly. Uh, I can't meet everybody, uh, but I can read their books. And so uh, there are people who have been gracious and kind enough to write things down. And, uh, and I learn from, from their writing. I learn about their experiences, and I can compare and contrast how their experiences are the same or are different than mine. And, uh, and I can ask questions like, what makes them the same and what makes them different and so on. Uh, and I, I learn uh, to empathize. Uh, I, I learn to, to see things the way another person sees them and uh, perhaps grow a little bit more compassion uh, and as, I'm, as I'm interacting with them and uh, with their experiences and, and so forth. So, yeah, reading uh, stretches you. Reading grows you. Uh, reading can be in the, the category of, uh, that you have in Proverbs where he says, In the multitude of counselors there is victory. Uh, reading can give you counsel uh, to help you understand uh, some of the dynamics of uh, the world that we live in. Uh, yeah, so there, there, all, there, there are nearly unlimited benefits uh, to, uh, to reading and, uh, and even to reading broadly. So you read a lot. Mm-hmm. I know that because every time we sit down and have a conversation, you introduce me to a, uh, a bunch of new books that you're reading and you cause my Amazon wish list to constantly grow and grow and grow. <laughs> uh, but what categories of books do you typically read the most? And, and should pastors consider reading books outside of the preaching pastoral genres? Oh, absolutely they should. 
uh, absolutely they should uh, they should broaden. Uh, I'd say read whatever you can uh, and read in whatever uh, uh, category uh, you can. I mean, think about think about history, for instance, which I know is dear to your heart uh, uh, with, with uh, your uh, study in church history. Uh, in history, you're learning about other people's stories, mm. right? You're, you're thinking about uh, the, the setting that they're in. You're thinking about the lives that they lived, the experiences that they had, things that happened to them, and, and so on. And, and as you are, you're, you're filling out the gaps, if you will, of, of, our, of our humanity, um, of, our, of our story as, as humans here on earth. Um, you know, think about how much of the scriptures is history. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason for that because you are a part of this story. And, uh, and, and it's good for you to know the context uh, that you live in, not just the current context, but, but even in the past. What are the things that happened to bring us to where we are today? So, uh, yeah, you're able to see the world as, as other people see it. You're able to uh, uh, to kind of transport, if you will, into their time, into their custom, into their uh, uh, culture, and and so on. And you're able to to understand things from uh, from the world in which it was, if you will, uh, as they were as they were living and as they were growing up, as as the historian is telling their story. Uh, but there's other categories. Fiction, uh, fiction helps me a lot uh, when it comes to uh, understanding. Uh, some of the internal dynamics uh, of of choices and the internal dynamics of of experiences and so on. A good narrator isn't going to just narrate the events, but they're going to they're going to describe things. You know, yeah. how did the main character see this? You know, how did how did the main character? feel Feel when you know, say his dog died or something, you know, and um, um, and the narrator will paint the picture in such a way that you feel things mm, when yeah. you're reading it. Uh, that's that's a good story. That's a helpful story. Uh, in a lot of ways, narrators uh, do a good job. If they're a good narrator, they do a good job of of helping you feel uh, maybe what you haven't felt before uh, or feel it in a more meaningful way. Uh, and, and that's always been uh, a, a benefit with fiction. Uh, with poetry, you can spend time uh, learning, for one thing, the artistry of words, yeah. uh, the artistry of, of word pictures, metaphors, and so on. You can learn all of these things as you're going. And here's the cool thing. The more you read, uh, the more you learn how to communicate. Uh, not only the more you know, uh, does it help you in your understanding, but it also helps you in your communication. And so, uh, for you, Pastor, as you're considering uh, your messages and so on, uh, the more you read, the more you learn how to use words and how to use them well. Uh, and and that could be a benefit for your pulpit. That could be a benefit, uh, you know, even just in your everyday conversation. So, yeah, read broadly. Uh, I mentioned just a couple of those, you know, a couple of genres. Uh, history, fiction, poetry, uh, but there's so many other uh, way, uh, worlds, so many other categories that you could uh, uh, that you could uh, explore, and and so many other things that you can discover that will greatly benefit uh, your understanding of the world and and even your understanding of ministry. Hmm. Very helpful. That's what I love about biographies and autobiographies is it's almost mm-hmm. like you're taking a time machine 
uh, getting into your little time machine and going into somebody else's context. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the beautiful thing about history is history has various contexts, characters, and challenges. Sometimes the, you can relate to those more than you can relate to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always nuggets of truth to pull from those things. Yeah. And really, you could say the same thing about any book. Because mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. book is, is, is written in a specific time with people in mind. And so you can read a book written, you know, decades ago uh, and it have a, a impact on you. So absolutely, being someone who is uh, studying history I find myself at least lately being a lot uh, in the lives of the reformers. Yeah. And so uh, for any pastors that might be listening to this right now uh, who are interested in the Reformation, uh, some that have come to mind for me recently that I've read uh, is uh, one is uh, Calvin by uh, Bruce Gordon. That's a fantastic uh, uh, book on Calvin's life. Uh, Brand Luther is, a, is another one. That one's really interesting because it tells Luther's story but it does so primarily through the popularity and the power of his print. Mm-hmm. So it looks at just how the printing press was transformed as Luther was transformed, as this little town in Wittenberg was was transformed. Uh, and then another one to add to that is uh, John Knox by, by Jane Dawson. So all of these books have been uh, really formative for me. Uh, looking specifically at biographies and autobiographies, what are some of your favorites? Mm. Yeah, I, I read a lot um, of biographies, both abroad, but, but just given the, uh, the things that I enjoy, I love reading the stories of, of old saints. I love reading the stories of, uh, of old pastors and so on in ministry, and especially those who, who had an impact on the uh, communities that they lived in as well. So uh, one of my favorite books, it's, it kind of uh, toes the line a little bit, kind of uh, uh, walks a tightrope. Uh, between biography and uh, um, kind of a historical theology, but uh, it was a book by a guy named Michael Green, and the book was called Evangelism in the Early Church. Mm. Uh, Evangelism in the Early Church. And there's a quote in there that uh, I remember the day that I read this, and and it has stuck with me uh, in all these years since. Uh, and he was talking about the impact that the early church had on uh, that that particular time in in, uh, in in the history of Rome and so on, uh, and one of the things that he said in there, he said the capacity of Christians to face criticism, hatred, persecution, and death, not just with equanimity, but with joy, must have had a tremendous impact. He said we know it did. And listen to what he says here. This sentence: you could mow these Christians down. You could throw them to the lions, but you could not make them deny their Lord mm. or hate their persecutors. Mm. And I tell you, that sentence has stuck with me all these years since. Uh, they will not deny their Lord and they will not stop loving their persecutors. Yeah. I mean, th- that for me, I remember reading that and just going, Lord, if you, if, if, I could say that <laughs> uh, throughout my life and, and, and so on, then for me, that's a life well lived. Uh, but yeah, Evangelism in the Early Church was a really uh, formative book for me. Uh, another book uh, by Stephen Tompkins was called The Clapham Sect. Uh, the Clapham Sect, which uh, was about a, a circle of friends that included William Wilberforce. And basically how this group of believers who were very much involved in the public square, very much involved in their communities and so on, how they just said, you know what, we're Christians and we have the ability to shape our world, so let's do it. 
And uh, it, I tell you, the story, uh, the stories there are just absolutely fascinating. Uh, uh, just you know, their their lives, the 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 opportunities that they had, and how they did indeed uh, transform uh, England during those years. Um, I'm currently reading uh, one of the bajillion of books that I'm <laughs> that I'm working. Which is these no days. exaggeration because you like read like 15 books at one time. Yeah, I, I really need help. Um, but uh, David Blight's book, uh, his biography of, of uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, is is a fantastic book. Mm. Uh, I'm learning so much about him, about about Douglass. Uh, about his uh, his witness and, um, and just his place in history here here in America uh, has been really really fascinating and so I definitely recommend that as well. But yeah, read broadly, um, uh, read these biographies, read the stories of folks um, uh, in different you know walks of life. Uh, they don't just have to be in ministry, uh, but yeah, you learn from people, learn uh, their strengths, learn their weaknesses, learn their successes and their mistakes and so on as well. Uh, they will uh, not only help you personally, uh, but they may also help to shape and even uh, give a little, uh, fill in some of the gaps, if you will, in your understanding of people and your understanding of, uh, of humanity, which I think is, is invaluable uh, in, pastor, in pastoral ministry. Yeah. Feel free to take the time machine out in some unknown areas, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I'm trying to challenge myself with lately. Being someone who studies the Reformation taking the the time machine out in other areas like American history or or other aspects of history uh, as well can be really helpful and beneficial to your understanding of of, uh, people that you're studying, but also it can be helpful uh, in just looking at their lives and and seeing how that impacts you. Yeah. Uh, So next question. Uh, We just went over the categories and and why pastors should be reading books outside their genre. So I'm going to ask you, what are five books every pastor should read at some point in their ministry. Now, I'm going to give you some grace with this. Okay. <laughs> but I'm also going to hold you accountable. Okay. Because you said that pastors should read outside the genre. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to ask if you could give us three non-preaching pastoral books and then maybe two preaching and pastoral books that you would recommend uh, to pastors that they read some some point in their ministry. And you get points for creativity. So there is pressure here. Okay. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, well, uh, I know a book that helped me out a lot when I was pastoring in Baltimore uh, was a book by Colin Hansen and John Woodbridge uh, called A God-Sized Vision. Hmm. A God-Sized Vision. And really, it's just a history of revivals. It starts in the scriptures. Uh, they, they look at revival in the Bible. Uh, and then they just walk their way through uh, really, I guess you could say, modern history. So going uh, to the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening and so on. Uh, what, I, what is actually really helpful, at least for me, was that it wasn't confined to revival in the West. But they even share the stories of what God did uh, overseas, what God did in Africa, what God did in China. Uh, what, God, what God did in, in, in several other parts of the world, uh, which helped me, first off, in understanding that God is moving all over the world, uh, and these are some of the stories of that. What it also helped me uh, realize was that revivals begin exactly the same way. Someone opens a Bible, <laughs> starts reading it, takes it seriously enough to pray for it. <laughs> I mean, that's it. 
<laughs> they 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 opened their Bible, they read it, and they took it seriously enough that they prayed for it. Mm. And when they prayed for it, then they go out and they start sharing the gospel. They start telling people about Jesus and God moves. God's spirit moves through them, you know, bringing people to the sun. And, uh, and, and they start seeing transformation there in their communities and, and maybe even abroad, depending on, uh, on how the Lord uh, chooses to move. And so it's, it's fascinating. That was one of those books that, that just just about dared me, <laughs> just dared me uh, to uh, uh, to think big and to try the Lord. Yeah. You know, uh, do I think the Lord is able to do something like this in my community? Uh, do I think the Lord is able to do something like this among my church, you know, my church members? Uh, you know, do I take, you know, do I really understand what the Spirit is capable of? Uh, that was just one of those books that was really, really uh, uh, formative for me. So yeah, uh, God Size Vision uh, is a is a great book. Um, let's see what other books have been really, really helpful for me. Um, I know. Well, I'll, let me do the preaching ones. Uh, you said two, right? Yeah, just two. Two. All right. So two preaching books. Uh, Haddon Robinson's biblical preaching is just a good one. Uh, I, I come to it uh, very often. Um, it helps me in understanding uh, the concept of big idea, uh, which which I know we've done an episode on that before. Uh, that's that's a, a very important thing for me when it comes to communication. Uh, make sure that everything comes together to preach uh, or to communicate uh, a message and, and understand what that message is. So that's been really good for me. Um, uh, another book that's been really helpful was uh, Brian Chapel's Christ Center Preaching, uh, just simply because uh, it helped me uh, develop categories for understanding uh, how a text uh, connects to the greater story of what God is doing in all of Scripture mm-hmm. and all of history, uh, culminating, of course, in the person and work of Christ. And so uh, that was really, really helpful for me. That's three. Boy, okay. Uh, Pressure's on. I can see the sweat now. I know, I know. This is tough. Um, An oldie but a goodie for me is Knowing God, um, Tozer's uh, Pursuit of God, uh, Piper's Desiring God. You know, all of those books were very formative at around the same time for me. Uh, Just in in, in recognizing that God is not just a God to, uh, uh, to fear, if you will, but a God to love and a God to enjoy. And if that fear doesn't include categories of love and joy and so on, then I'm, I'm, I'm misunderstanding who he is. Yeah. Uh, he is a God, you know, to tremble before, uh, but we, we rejoice with trembling is, is what Psalm 2 would say. And so uh, that's, uh, those books were really formative for me. Uh, just in terms of my background, I was coming from an area uh, where uh, we heard a lot about God, but there was much more emphasis on his judgment than on his grace. And and to see that God is as big as He is, and and His heart is as big as He is as well, uh, was very overwhelming for me. And so uh, those books were were really good. Um, I didn't mention any wild cards. Uh, let's see. We go through a lot of a lot of books with our kids. <laughs> there are tons of them uh, that we walk through, and so anything that involves. Um, uh, a good story, uh, fantasy, sci- sci-fi. They love all of that as well. 
Uh, and so we've gone through uh, too many to count right now off the top of my head, but 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 very, very good and, and yeah. enjoyable stories for the kids. Kids too. books are very helpful, although I, I have a five-year-old them. and a two-year-old, so it's a lot of Dr. Seuss right now. Oh, but they're, uh, but they're good. But they're, they're good, mm-hmm. and there, there's some other ones. Um, a person's a person, no matter how small. Yeah, yeah said, it teaches so. me how to not get tongue-tied. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. just to add a few to yours, I'm going to break the rule a little bit and do some preaching and pastoral, but... but but I gave my biographies earlier, so it's all it's all forgiven. Uh, I would add Imperfect Pastor by Zach S. Wine, uh, mm, Dangerous Calling uh, by Paul Tripp. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Gentle and Lowly is a fantastic book uh, to consider if you haven't read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves. And Enjoy Your Prayer Life, which is also a book by Michael Reeves, but very, very small. Very small. Uh, and very yellow but very helpful. (laughs) Uh, And so I would recommend those, especially if you're a pastor who's wanting to walk through a book with someone you're mentoring. Uh, These are excellent books to read as you're you're asking questions and uh, just challenging uh, Mm -hmm. your mentees. So consider those. Let me add one more preaching book. And uh, and I, I do so, one, because the editor is a good friend of mine. Uh, but also, it's a fantastic book. It's this book by uh, my friend Eric Redmond, and it's called Say It. And if you read that book, it is fantastic. I was going to say, if you went this whole episode without mentioning that book, I might just directly send this to him, <laughs> letting him know it wasn't mentioned. <laughs> no, you say what books, and I'm just like, there's it's I, I, Amazon opens up in my head. Uh, <laughs> I, I've just got so many books here. But that is a wonderful book. Uh, if you want a, a, a little snapshot of uh, expository preaching in the African-American tradition, uh, which there are a lot of folks who slander the African-American tradition and say, well, that's not expository preaching or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a, there's a long history of exposition uh, in black churches. And, uh, and, and Eric did a great job of, of bringing together a dream team of folks uh, who walk through several passages and show uh, what exposition looks like yeah. uh, in, uh, in, in our churches. And so it's been really cool uh, to see that book. Uh, I believe it just won uh, an award uh, in a in a preaching uh, preaching literature category and so on. And it's so. got a fantastic cover. It really I, does. I am yeah. a sucker for a cover. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's got a good cover on it. Yeah, so that's that's a good book uh, uh, to just praise the Lord for what He's doing uh, and how He's uh, how His word has flourished uh, in the African American community. So we're running out of time, but I've got two questions, and I really want to make sure we get to these. Um, All right. The first question is: Should pastors consider reading books written by authors they don't agree with? Mm. And when I ask this question, I just want to put a little little side note. Could you add some warnings, if you would, yeah, uh, for people who might not need to do this? Sure, sure. Well, l- let's do the warnings first. Uh, first off, if you are easily swayed, um, if you uh, if you struggle to uh, to read with discernment, uh, if 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 you you know you just uh, don't quite have a firm enough footing. Uh, to interact with, uh, with with folks that you may disagree with, and you might want to steer uh, in a different direction. But but if you're able to interact with folks and uh, you may disagree with them, uh, you know they may not totally change your view, but they may broaden your perspective. Uh, they may at least give you uh, a bit more nuance uh, 
uh, in your thinking, then yeah, absolutely you should read uh, from folks that you disagree with. Here, here's some reasons why. One, uh, you may not totally understand that person's position as well as you think you do. And who better to learn their position than from them themselves? <laughs> you know, if uh, if I want to know uh, uh, what you know a certain person believes, I'm going to ask that person. Uh, I'm not going to just assume uh, what that person believes. I want to read that person, you know, uh, and, you know, and hear it straight from them. And yeah. so, uh, so that helps. Uh, also. It may uh, actually correct some things that you've been thinking. So I might be wrong uh, in my understanding of what they uh, of what they believe, and and hearing them may actually correct uh, some of the misrepresentations that I've that I've had. Uh, a, a, another reason is it creates a bit of empathy. Okay, uh, I can disagree with someone. I can strongly disagree with someone and still love them. Mm. Uh, I think that one of the the reasons that we don't like reading from people that we disagree we disagree with is one we're deathly afraid of of, of them being right, <laughs> and so uh, we we're afraid that our our understanding of things isn't able to to hold up uh, there. Which, uh, if that's the case, then you you may want to do some homework and and be more convinced of of um, of the truth, you know, uh, in in that regard. But but I think there's other uh, another reason is that. We're deathly afraid of liking the person. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't want to like the person. Uh, there, it, it's so much better if I if I don't spend any time with that person because then I can I can not only hate their views but I can hate them too, and that's not helpful. Uh, you want to uh, to recognize that this person is just as much a follower uh, or is uh, is, uh, is 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 just as much created in the image of God uh, as you are. And uh, this person, uh, you know, say if this person is not a believer or, or anything like that, uh, it may uh, reading them may provide you an opportunity to pray for them, uh, to pray for their salvation, to pray that God would open their eyes uh, to the truth of Scripture. You develop a compassion for them uh, that I believe is very helpful. And so, yeah, uh, read broadly, read from folks that you disagree with. It may help you become a better thinker. And hopefully it'll uh, soften your heart and uh, and develop a uh, to develop a little bit more empathy and compassion for them and and uh, for those who may uh, think the way that they do should it not be uh, in line with scripture. No, that's helpful. Last question. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to pastors or students who are listening to this and thinking these books are great? You've presented them well. I just don't like reading. <laughs> uh, what tips do you have? What encouragements do you have for them? to press forward and do it anyway. Yeah. Well, there's the practical thing of, well, then buy the audiobook. Um, <laughs> that's, that, that, that may be one pragmatic uh, solution to it all. Uh, if you don't like reading, well, then, you know, buy, pay someone to read for you <laughs> via an audiobook or, or something like that. Uh, but, but seriously, uh, it, it, you really need to develop a love for reading. Mm. Um, uh, develop a love for people. Develop a love uh, of of other people's experiences and so on. As a pastor, you're going to hear people's testimonies. As a pastor, you're going to hear other people's stories. As a pastor, you're going to interact with other people's worldviews and viewpoints and 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 so on. 
there really isn't functionally a difference between hearing them say that across the table from you and hearing them say it in a book. Okay, uh, so uh, you know, just develop a love uh, for hearing other people and uh, and interacting with what other people say and and so on. One, as I said before, it'll help you become a better thinker. Uh, hearing other ideas and so on will strengthen you up as a thinker, but then also it will uh, uh, help develop in you a love and a compassion for these folks too. When you realize these are people just like you are. Uh, and it's only by the grace of God that they can uh, that they can walk in a manner worthy of Christ as well. And so, yeah, uh, uh, my prayer is that the more you read, the more you interact with folks, uh, uh, the more you'll find yourself loving them as Jesus loves them. And uh, and and hopefully, uh, in the process, you'll be a better thinker too. Well, that's helpful. That'll do it for today. We do apologize in advance for any books or authors we did not include in this episode. Our producer, Nathan, is looking very closely at the clock here, and so we're trying to get this right at 30 minutes. We apologize to your wives as well for any damage that we <laughs> for do For any to damages. We don't accept responsibility to the Amazon uh, cart with this uh, episode or the wish list. Uh, and ultimately, we're also sorry for not mentioning Spurgeon. He is on our list, so, <laughs> so just make a note of that. Uh, but yeah, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider leaving us a review. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we've done that today with our conversation. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. <laughs>